high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back. It is welcome back. It's the Full Court Press. Welcome Happy Monday back. to you all. Great to have you here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. And I don't know if it's actually working, but 106.9thefan.com if you are trying to stream. If you are streaming and it's not working or trying to stream and it's not working, we are working on it. Uh, it's going to be a minute, though. So just bear with us. We apologize for the technical difficulties. Uh, we were just uh, made aware of What did you Thank do you. over there, Thank Ajay? you to Piranhas for letting us know. What did you do? I do nothing. I do nothing, as oh, usual. Oh, so that's why. Yes, that but is you why. you do nothing. Hey, look, I'm not a full-time employee here, so I'm not expected to do anything. So, uh, yeah. I just come in and do my job and then get the heck out of here. That, that's what I am uh, told to do. Not too long, not too short, just perfect. <laughs> just right. Uh, hey, if you want to join in on the show, you're more than welcome to by texting in to 435-339-0321 if you want to call in. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. Happy Monday to you, one and all. Hope your week is, is or weekend was as good as ours. It's good to have you back. Our two-hour show, season three premiere, will be on Friday. This Friday, July thirty-first, we will be back to two hours, four p.m. to six p.m. on those very stations and that very stream. Uh, along with that, uh, the Utah Jazz play basketball in their first official restart game against the Pelicans. Uh, because of that game, we will step aside for David Locke and Ron Boone, who will be calling the game from Salt Lake City at Vivint Smart Home Arena. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll come back on Friday. So Thursday, we'll have no show. Friday, we'll come back with two hours of the Full Court Press recapping to you Utah Jazz basketball, getting back to baseball, if there is baseball, and is there going to be college football. Um, I'm hearing some rumors that I'm not allowed to talk about on the air. Um, some in- inter- interesting stuff. I, I think would be uh, good to put. Uh, I'm hearing rumors of interesting stuff. That's that's man. Stop hang, it! I told hang you. Around. you I told you one of those rumors, and you looked at me and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> like so what?" And I'm like, "What do you mean, so what? How dare you? I share with you such great intel, and you <laughs> act like, like it's I, not." When I heard, it, I was like, "Wow, that's." Let's hope things work and out. And then you're like, wow. Okay, anyways, Kevin, back to you. Uh, hey, 9315 just texted in. Thank you, 9315, for always joining us on the show. Uh, he says, Eric, if college football is pushed back this year, how will that affect college basketball? Because Craig Smith has a really good schedule for the basketball team, and they look like a pretty good team this year. Does that change your thoughts on basketball? That they... Uh, that they push basketball back or don't have it, maybe fight it out airtime with college football at the same time on TV. Now, that that's a really good point, and there's a really big concern if um, if uh, college football, and frankly, for that matter, for a, a lot of uh, fall sports, if they get pushed into the spring, it's not so much a problem at the college level, but if at the high school level, you're going to have to have kids they will have to decide what sport they're going to play because you have multi-sport athletes all over in high school level. Play something in the fall, play something in the winter, play something in the spring sometimes. And they'll have to choose. They can only do one. And for basketball at the college level, 
yeah, college basketball and football would be competing for the same audience, for the same tickets, for the same nights to have uh, events going on could be very, very complicated. Yeah, there's a lot of complications within this if football does get moved to spring uh, or if football is pushed way back in the fall. Uh, when does basketball start? I would not imagine they're going to Myrtle Beach. I'd almost scratch that that opportunity out. I just don't see how that happens, that they allow them to travel that far across the country to go play a basketball tournament. Um, but, uh, again, uh, I know Craig Smith is uh, working on some things to hopefully uh, – uh, to hopefully uh, get the schedule in place. And you're right, they well, do have a great schedule. I think we're still hopeful. I mean, nothing officially has happened. I mean, they're still several months away from basketball. So look, there's, I think there's still hope that maybe things can be... It's going to be affected. It will still be affected in some way. There may not be fans in the stands for college basketball. I don't know. Uh, but I'm hopeful that the games will happen on schedule. But we don't know. We still don't know. I mean, college football is supposed to start in a month. In just less than a month. I guess just over a month. Barely a month. And we still do not know if college football is going to happen as normal for a lot of schools. We already know that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to do conference only. But um, they're still unsettled on what their schedules are going to look like to some degree. Uh, Big uh, Big 12 today saying basically uh, they don't need to be identical. Their plans don't need to be identical if you're in a Power 5 conference. Pac-12, Big 10, Big 12, SEC, they might all have very different plans and how they're going to go through this fall season. And I don't know how that works, by the way. And then okay. you'll set up a playoff. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you determine See, the national but do you know what? Again, you said this, Eric. This is the NCAA's fault for not going in there and taking charge and making a decision, making a stand, making a statement. Instead, they've allowed the P5 commissioners to do their own thing. Now it's every man for itself, right? Now you're just kind of like, look, figure it out on yourself. And so Big 12 is saying, oh, you're going to do this? No, 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 no. We're going to do that. Okay, you're going to yang, we're going to yang. It's just, it's going to be a mess. I just don't know how it gets settled. Yeah, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby uh, speaking on ESPN today. They can't be incompatible, but they don't have to be identical. So Big 12 and SEC, they're still holding out hope. They can have a full 12-game schedule. We don't know what the Mountain West is going to do. They've been very quiet. They're waiting to see what the big dogs decide before they make any decisions. And frankly, they have to for their financial health. They've got to be holding out hope that there's an opportunity to still play non-conference games. Maybe it's not a million and a half dollars that you're going to be able to make by playing a Power 5 school. But there'd probably be some kind of financial consideration. Well, you'd imagine there would, like you said, there would have to be. If not, then there is extremely unprepared. They are extremely unprepared for that then. Which you should have been knowing this was coming about three months ago. Uh, really quickly, Utah Jazz are uh, currently on the court scrimmaging in their final scrimmage uh, versus the Brooklyn Nets. Jazz are rolling 32-19. to 19. Mike Conley is having himself a nice He's on so fire. Far. Yeah, he's, uh, he's already had 10 points already. He's got 12 points 12 now. points now. How many, how many assists does he have? Do you know? One. Um, but he's taking control of the game. I'm liking, and so here I'm going to admit when I'm wrong. And we're going to get into Utah Jazz basketball a little bit more later, but uh, Mike Conley 
is been has has been much better than what I expected of him. I had such low expectations of him that anything I get that's positive, I'm thrilled. <laughs> You're kind of like me when I went into math class. If I got anything uh, decent, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, you sucked at math too. I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, no, but you know, he has looked. He has looked good. He's looked active. Now the the G the Jazz team as a whole against Phoenix did not look great. Against Miami, a different story. Rudy Gobert was a monster down low. He had a huge game. Um, uh, Mitchell has been more of a facilitator in his role. Uh, seeing how Joe Ingles and Clarkson and and uh, Nyang and some of these other guys are kind of fitting into their roles a, a little bit. Um, and also giving the, the scrubs a lot of extra time and opportunities just to see how they work. I mean, there was some Tucker that was uh, being played and Brantley. I mean, guys that you never really see on the court, the Jazz were giving them some minutes because, gosh, you never know. I mean, somebody could get hit with the coronavirus. Somebody could uh, get sick, get hurt, roll an ankle. Then you got to plug somebody in quickly. So it's a, an opportunity for all of them to get tuned up. Again, so they're playing right at now. the end of the first quarter. It is now what, Eric? So they're into the second quarter now. Jazz are up 39-27 to 27 over Brooklyn. That's a little tune-up before you get ready for the Pelicans, which, by the way, again, minus Zion Williamson. Will he be ready, though? He's I, back on campus. But he has to quarantine, and he's only quarantined for two days. So I guess that would put him back. I think he would be on schedule to be in that game. So, timeout. How come Lou he's Williams... A, well, hang on there. He, uh, now, here's the story that, that he is expected to join the team in practice on Wednesday. He returned to Orlando on Friday. So, he must quarantine for just four days while he returns four more negative tests. So, in theory... His quarantine ends tomorrow afternoon and could join his team on Wednesday, which means he would be available for the game against Utah Jazz on Thursday. Okay, so how come Lou Williams has to quarantine for 10 days and Zion only has to get four? Is it because the NBA loves Zion? Uh, Well, I think because of how Lou Williams... Broke the bubble. Wait, well, hold on. Zion Williams said he informed the NBA where he was going. What he was doing, they were very much aware of where he needed to go and what he was involved with, and they've been monitoring him since his return. Lou wore a mask. Lou just kind of went rogue. He, he, he went to the strip went club to a strip but wore club. a mask, but he wore a mask. Yeah, I'm sure he kept his mask on the entire time. I'm sure. That is an odd story, by the way. Like he's take- And by the way, Lou, you're a moron. Why are you pulling, like... And you all the way photos. up to Atlanta? Yeah, and then he put photos. Well, because he had a family member, right, died. Or uh, someone close to, to the family or close to him had passed away. So he went to go attend to that emergency, the funeral included, went to a club, but then posted a photo of him at the club, put it on Instagram. Not a dance club. That is a big no-no. Yeah. Strip club. Yeah, that's a big no-no. And I think that's why it's it's the 10 days. The NBA is really mad. Not only because oh, he they, went yeah. broke quarantine like he did, but also because of the optics of it. Adam Silver was not happy. <laughs> the investigation team was not. Yeah, that's the thing is like, dude, we gave you like we gave you this leniency, but don't go take advantage of it. What a mess that is. So the Clippers are now without Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, 
and Lou Williams to open up their season. He'll miss two games. With this 10 days, he'll miss two of their seeding games. Those are two big games. I know I know we kind of talked about it already that, you know, do the Clippers really need those two games? I mean, they're going to be resting anyways. They're good enough to play with anybody in the league. I mean, they have a they have a game and a half lead over Denver, but it's conceivable Denver could move up and yeah, displace but, them. But Clippers aren't going to go 0-8. No. No. And again, it's more about your overall winning percentage. So the the Clippers are at the point six eight eight. Denver's at point six six two. So it's the uh, your winning percentage from the regular season, and then the, your eight games. What your winning percentage is there that's added to it that will ultimately determine one through eight. Well, I guess potentially one through nine for this little play-in thing they're doing. But either way. So it's important for the Jazz to to still play well and um, potentially still fight for that number three or number two spot. Not that it has anything to do with home court advantage. It's about lining up who you want to face in the first round and ultimately the second round too. If they can avoid Houston and the Lakers, I think they got a shot with almost any other team that's in there. And the Clippers will be a challenge, but... Who's all going to be available for the Clippers at this point? Yeah, that's the question is who's going to be, <laughs> who's going to be available. Uh, really quickly, speaking of the Utah Jazz, uh, they have announced what the, that they will have their names uh, replaced by uh, statements of uh, social justice on their, uh, on their jerseys. Jordan Clarkson's name will be replaced by Peace. Nigel William Goss will have Justice Now. Joe Ingles will have Ally. Or is it Ally? Excuse me. Ally. Excuse me. I read that wrong. Justin Wright Foreman will also have Justice. Brantley will have uh, Enough. Tucker will be Justice. Conley, I am a man. Bradley, Peace, as is Moutier's. Morgan will be Say Their Names. Uh, Mitchell will be Say Her Name. Referring to, referring to Brianna Taylor. Uh, Moutier... We'll have power to the people. Go. No. No, Moody will not have power to. Sorry. That's Oni. Thank you. Power to the people. Gobert and O'Neal will have equality. Davis will have uh, education reform. And uh, so will Niang. As will Niang. Yeah, George Niang. Thank you. Uh, so that's what they're, they're planning to put out uh, as their names. I don't know. And uh, people are asking us are those jerseys going to be on sale? I would highly doubt it. I do not. It, Expecting to put those out on sale. I'd be really surprised. For a myriad of reasons. So there are some NBA players who are choosing not to put a, a name or a saying on the back. They're going to go with their traditional name. But um, I, I think it's interesting that every single Jazz player is going to have some kind of a statement on the jersey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, do you feel? Oh my gosh, sorry. Do you feel like the the names will be a distraction to the game of basketball, or do you think it will just be, hey, it's a statement, that's it. Let's let's leave it at that, and we'll just continue to watch the game. Does that make sense? Do you, does are the names in the political statement of of what's gone on? Will that be a distraction to the game of basketball? Or to the I, fans? I don't think so. 
I, I think having Black Lives Matter on the court, having a, a saying or a social message on the back of your jersey, it's going to create conversations. I think people will notice it, but I don't think it's going to distract from the game. When is the last time you thought that whatever was on the jersey distracted from what the player was actually doing on the court? At, well, unless it was uh, Ocho Cinco, you got a great point. Yeah, I, I just I think that anybody that's trying to make noise about it, they're just trying to make noise. It, it doesn't have anything to do with what's happening on the court. The play of the game, how they're playing, how they're passing the ball to each other, how they're shooting a three, how they're doing an alley-oop dunk, none of that is going to be affected. Uh, I don't see how that changes anything. So, you know what? They want to have that message on there. I don't think it's offensive. I think they're fine messages, things that they believe in. Uh, some of them, I, 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 uh, you know, I think are 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 really important to these guys, and I think that's I don't see a problem with it. It's not going to distract from the game. Is it going to be a little weird? I mean. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's going to be different. Yeah, sure, but the game's not going to change. It's not going to distract or take away. What uh I've always found it kind of interesting that the way the NBA is going about it, it just seems more clean. I uh you saw that the WNBA they would walk off before the national anthem. And I don't know why people made such a big deal of that. Like I get it. You know what? The Aggies don't stand on the court during the national they're actually in the locker room before the National Anthem, or during the National Anthem. Both teams are. So I don't know what the big deal was about the NBA, or to me, the WNBA not being on the floor during the National Anthem. I mean, I have a hard time saying, you know, what what form of political protest is better than another. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, for me, I probably would think that kneeling during the anthem is better than walking out. During the anthem. I think that shows a greater level of disrespect. Fair enough. Because at least during the anthem, you're there. You're with your teammates while it's playing. I get it. A lot of people don't even like that. But <laughs> uh, walking completely walking out while it's going on, to be seen walking out, I think that's another level. It wasn't level while of, it was going on, though. I think, what's that? It wasn't while it was going on. Oh, they just didn't want to be there? So so they they walked off before the national anthem had even started. No. ESPN was wrong and then recorrected their own tweet. Oh, okay. Free. Well, that's... And that's on ESPN for not getting it right. If the they were standing time. there and it started to play, then they walked off. Oh, yeah. Then oh, I would yeah. be very... I'm with you. Absolutely with you on that. Very disturbed by that. Yeah. Absolutely with you on that one. Um, I don't... I don't disagree with, with the way they're, they're bringing out their statement. Uh, in regards of the names on the jerseys, I just hope it doesn't become a distraction for what people have been hoping so much for, just be able to watch basketball. And all of a sudden we're talking, and we should have this message out here. We should absolutely have the message out here about that, uh, you know, that all lives matter and that, uh, you know, everybody should be treated, you know, with respect, you know, if they've earned that respect and um, that they should earn the respect from the police as well. But you just hope that during a basketball game we can talk about Basketball. I think that's what everybody hopes for. Right. You know what? You're going to have the little things that happen before and after each game. It's going to happen. The players, it's very important to them. 
Every time they uh, have a media availability, they're making comments. Uh, they're using their platforms for this. But then they're going to talk about basketball. And when you watch a game, you're going to watch basketball. You're not going to watch 10 guys on the court making political statements. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll get you an update on the Utah Jazz basketball game going on currently versus the Brooklyn Nets. And Utah State Men's basketball, there's some news. Good news about Sam Merrill. Big news about Sam Merrill. And we also have some stuff from uh, Coach Craig Smith. He appeared on a podcast with one of our friends here, the Cash Valley Media Group. And we'll hear from uh, some of his comments about how coronavirus is affecting his team. We'll also break down the last two Jazz games. The Jazz went 1-1 and over the weekend. Uh, Lost to the Suns, but a win over the Heat. Well, I'll tell you what we saw from that. We'll break it down with our analysis. And baseball yeah, is in what a is going whole on with lot of trouble. And I don't think they're going to dig themselves out of it, and neither does some other experts. And it's nothing to do with Toronto this time. Yeah, how about that? Toronto actually might be in luck here. All right, to all the Full Court Press, Eric Franson, Audrey Salveson, 106 on the fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and RJ Salves here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 1069thefan.com. Hope you're having a great Monday. We've got a fun week ahead of you. Just to, again, a reminder, two-hour show starts back on Friday. This Friday, July 31st. Don't want to miss it, 46 p.m. Same guys, same people, same station. And then the Thursday, just the day before, Jazz will begin their restart season. We'll be off the air. David Locke will be on our station alongside Ron, uh, Ron Boone inside of Vivint Smart Home Arena. As the Jazz and Pelicans will get it on. Hey, Ajay, um, I got something for you. Okay. You know, this was a you know, kind of an extended weekend. Uh, had some downtime. Found a good book. I thought, you know what? This oh, I should share don't. this with Ajay. Shh, don't. Please don't. Please don't. What have I done to destroy this? I, I know how much you love cats. I've read all the erotic novels that you've given me from that one lady. <laughs> This I know how much you love cats, so I wanted to share with you this uh, new book that I just got. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> the magic of cats. I just got it today. Uh, no, got, what what's the word say on top of it though? Uh, chicken soup for the soul. <laughs> the magic of cats. One hundred and one tales of family, friendship, and fun. Family and friendship. Don't leave out fun. Magic of cats. I'm I'm not even going to entertain this. Uh, there's like there's poems in here. <laughs> Is that why you freaking gave me like that meow thing just before? I read three kittens on the sign at Garen's old feed store. With fingers crossed, I made my way straight through the large scuff door. Anyway, keeps going. I'm not going to read the whole poem. You sure? Why not? I mean, you're already on a roll here, Eric, with cats. Welcome to the Cat Show, everybody. Uh, Utah Jazz right now uh, up by a Donovan Mitchell in 14 points, 5 of 6 shooting. 8 of the Jazz last 10 points belongs to Mr. Mitchell. Yikes. That's pretty good. Uh, it's hard for us to watch the game because we don't have a TV in here. Yeah, that's... But we're following some people who are monitoring the game, and it sounds like... 
How come I can't log on to my DirecTV? This has here? been a, a really good shooting game, shooting performance uh, for the Utah Jazz. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, a really good game for uh, Connolly so far. And Ru- Rudy Gobert really stretching his um, his abilities for uh, as an offensive threat. That seems to be a real focus um, right now is getting Rudy the ball down low and taking advantage of his size and ability in the post. Big uh, performance uh, against the Miami Heat. He's got 13 points already um, in this game against the Brooklyn Nets. So, Eric, let's go back to games one and two. A loss to the Suns, a win against the Heat. They go one and one before they hit game three currently going on right now. Again, against the Brooklyn Nets. You can find that game on AT&T Sports Net. The game against the uh, Pelicans and their opening restart game will be on this station starring David Locke and Ron Boone. Uh Game one was a disappointment. You kind of expected it, though, to be as sloppy as it was. You saw, I mean, Jordan Clarkson was an app, I mean, just horrible from on both sides of the floor. Bad defensively, slow to cover, slow to recover when he got beat. Uh, had four fouls, I believe, within, I mean, the first three quarters. Uh, couldn't get a shot going. On the other hand, I thought Mike Conley was in complete control of the of his game. Of his game, not of the team, but of his game, and that said a lot. That when this guy's in control of himself, man, he's 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 a dang good point guard. Yeah, I'm pleased to see the improvement from scrimmage one to scrimmage two. Um, it, the, uh, I wasn't really expecting a whole lot out of the first scrimmage. Uh, it was so much time off, and I think a, a, a system team, which the Utah Jazz are. I think you can describe them as a system team. Those teams take a little bit longer to come together and, and come back. If you're just a, uh, I don't know, about lack of a better term, schoolyard team like the Houston Rockets, where everybody's just kind of going one-on-one or everybody's just chucking up threes whenever you want, I think it's probably a little bit easier for them to come back and play in this kind of an environment. But if you're a system team uh, based on sets, uh, I think that it uh, takes may take a little bit more time to get back into where you need to be. So I wasn't totally surprised. I think the Suns are scrappy. They're they're fighting to have a playoff opportunity for them. But uh, how the Jazz came out against the Heat, which I thought was really the the best matchup in the whole scrimmage opportunity that the Jazz were going to have, I was really pleased with that. Because Brooklyn has so many guys that are out or injured. This is less than even the Phoenix Suns uh, with what they were going on. So... And I think it's just about the Jazz running their sets, getting comfortable with each other, and uh, setting guys up and, and getting that rhythm back. And Coach Snyder has actually kind of alluded to the fact that he may not play his starters as long tonight. He wants to get some of those other guys' bench players in. He's going to go deep into his bench uh, in today's game at some point. I would imagine maybe early to midway through the fourth quarter you'll see a lot of that uh, to get uh, to make sure that they get the reps and minutes that they need to be ready for the restart season, which again begins on Thursday. Uh, you talked about the, a little bit about the Heat final score, 101-99. Game wasn't really as close as the score says. The Jazz no, the entire the fourth quarter was just guys you've never seen on yeah, the court. And Miami Heat went on a, a furious rally run, made a game of it. But again, Mike Conley sat, Rudy Gobert sat, Donovan Mitchell sat, Joe Ingles sat. They had a lot of guys sitting. My, meanwhile, for the Heat, uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Kendrick Nunn. Uh, were some of the guys who had uh, who had not played. Jimmy Butler, again, didn't play again because of rest. Bam Adebayo finally joined the team but was uh, had a quarantine. And Kendrick Nunn uh, 
started and played for about 17 minutes. He isn't going to see a whole lot of major minutes on a regular in a restart season. So again, just a lot of, again, unfamiliar faces playing in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Jazz can get the win 101-99. I thought Clarkson was superb in game two. Really, really well. You saw that Clarkson coming off the bench being a hot scorer. Yeah, I was worried to see how well this team would look you know, with everything that's happened over the last several months. Would they be able to put that past them, work together? Because uh, sometimes you can tell if guys still hold grudges, they're not going to... They may shake off a, an opportunity to, to lob the ball down low or pass to the guy in the corner. Um, but uh, they seem to be moving the ball around and, and co, you know, uh, coming together as a team, basically. And so I think that's good news for the Utah Jazz. And uh, Kelly Olenek, by the way, for the Heat, he ended up having 27 points on 10 to 16 shooting. He was really Yeah, good. he played a lot. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. played a lot. Uh, of course, he's a slam dunk champion. But I'll tell you this. Uh, Gobert had his way. <laughs> Gobert had his way in every single, both offensively and defensively. He had a bunch of dunks. I mean, they just couldn't do anything about that guy. Uh, Miles, is it, yeah, Myers Leonard, excuse me, not Miles Leonard, Myers Leonard. Uh, anytime it was in the post, it was Rudy Gobert go to the block, swing the ball to his way, give him the ball, and then let Rudy Gobert go to, go to work. And with that, Myers Leonard just, again, had no shot, no chance of anything. That's a matchup that I think the Jazz need to take advantage of throughout the uh, throughout the next or those restart eight games because I don't think there's a lot of teams that can really match up with Rudy Gobert on the backcourt. Maybe so, but not with Rudy Gobert on the front court. Yeah, the Jazz have a real advantage there, and uh, there's only a few teams in this Orlando bubble that have anybody that can go toe to toe, or maybe a little bit better than him. So uh, Anthony Davis with the Lakers certainly comes to mind. Um, but not a heck of a whole lot of other guys that play that position um, are really going to be have the advantage over the Jazz. So I, I'm encouraged by that, how the Jazz are understanding that, you know what, uh, we do actually have a really good asset here in the post, and we're going to do a better job of taking advantage of that. Jazz right now lead at halftime 62-50. to 50. Uh, Currently... Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are leading the way for the uh, for the Utah Jazz. And, you know, again, I hope we see this Mike Conley through those eight restart games. Not for one game, not for two or three games. I want to see him just like this all eight games. If he can do that, then I'll let off the pedal a little bit on, on grilling him so much. But I'd like to see a consistent Mike Conley. Oh, yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's critical, especially with the loss of Boyan Bogdanovich. They've got to have another scorer. But it's uh, if he plays well, it's it's going to be one of those high tide raising all ships. Uh, a lot of other guys are going to benefit if it's just a couple extra points here from this guy and a couple extra points here from that guy. Uh, it it, uh, it really helps replace that uh, that big loss from not having Boyan Bogdanovich. Again, sixty-two to fifty right now. Jazz lead at halftime, up twelve in a game that they should probably be running away with with their starting lineup by midway through the third. And then again, expect to see a lot of the uh, deeper bench guys. Early fourth, if not the start of the fourth, um, a, and no no later than midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I, I would suspect in the fourth quarter, you're going to see a lot of those bench guys get a lot of run. So what, what if you've seen the Jazz for the first two games, obviously game three going on right now, we're not able to see it. We are actually working on getting a TV here before the restart. 
I am, I should say. Uh, but what, Eric, do you see that makes you confident that this Jazz team can actually play well in this restart? And what concerns do you have before we get into the restart? Well, it's hard to get too excited over one game or two down after one game. I mean, after the Phoenix game, it's like, oh my gosh, these guys are going to get rolled in Orlando, in the Magic Kingdom. But then after the Miami game, it looks like, yeah, this Jazz team's going to do really well. They're going to be okay. So I think it's just managing the expectations after only two scrimmages where it doesn't matter. Both teams are experimenting with lineups, so it's hard to really know. Did you do well because you're doing well or because they ran a different lineup or a different set because they're working on some things and it just didn't work for them and it just really worked for you? So sometimes those scrimmages can be a little bit hard or preseason games can be a little bit hard to to really get into the weeds on how well it's working. But I think what I am seeing that I'm encouraged by is just how they're working as a team, how they're swinging the ball around. Their outside shot seems to be working really well today. That's a concern, too. Like, this is a different court. It's a different situation. How well will they How well will they fit into that, and how much will it potentially affect uh, just their flow and, and, and rhythm of the game being in a different environment? Gobert and Conley both have 15 points each right now at the end of the half. Mitchell with 14. Jazz went 20, 10 of 22. From beyond the arc, Brooklyn was 5 of 15 on the Brooklyn side. Uh, Levert had four, 15 points, 5 assists. He was 7 to 12 from the field. Jared Allen, 10 points, 5 rebounds. Tyler Johnson, 9 points. He is 3 of 6 from the field. Jazz again leading 62 to 50 at halftime. Jazz uh, restart again. Their game is on Thursday at 4.30. David Locke, Ron Boone will be calling it from Vimmons Smart Home Arena. You, by the way, I, uh, I watched the game on AT&T Sportsnet. It just sounded weird. Like, it, 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 it sounded so odd in Game 1 of Phoenix just to hear, like, this fake crowd noise and you could hear Craig Bullerjack clear as day and you could actually understand every word Thurl Bailey was saying. That's when you knew things were odd, when you could hear Thurl <laughs> Bailey clear as day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's going to be a little different. It, but it is. It's going to be different. Hey, it's basketball. Have to make adjustment. And, again, basketball is back. Thank goodness. Basketball is back. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, do we do Craig Smith or do we do MLB Baseball? Which one do you want to hit? Producing on the live, sorry. I, I think let's do the uh, Utah State announcement. I would. And then follow that with Craig Smith since we're talking Utah State basketball. Let's do it. Craig Smith joined a podcast of our friends. We'll get to that podcast and some of Craig Smith's comments on COVID-19 uh, and what it's been like through this situation. Uh, and then we'll also... We have a Utah State announcement. Of course, Savon Scarver is getting recognized again. No surprise. Uh, but he's getting another uh, honorary award uh, for his great play. And the, the hype of Savon Scarver continues forward. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Four forty-two your time here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, 106onthefan.com. If you want to stream us or if you are looking for a podcast after the show and you miss it, go to uh, 106onthefan.com. You can find all our content. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. I cannot talk, man. It's been bad. Speaking gibberish again. Uh, Eric, uh, Craig Smith joined a radio friend of ours to... Uh, Talk a myriad of topics, 
including basketball. Yes. Uh, so our good friend Dave Denton, who was uh, on the mornings over on Cool 103.9, he is really into professional wrestling. So much so that he's, he uh, and a friend created their own podcast called Turnbuckle Trash. I and used to co-host that show, by the way. Used to? Yeah. Back in my glory days. Did they like... Did you, wait, did you get too big time for them, or did they get too big time for you? And you just well, no, keep up? I, I just remember the contract I signed with you. You like highlighted, underlined, and bold capped letter. You can no longer be a part of Turnbuckle Trash, or at least co-host it. So I did. <laughs> You're okay. welcome. So anyway, uh, <laughs> they found out that Craig Smith is a really big wrestling fan. Oh, he's announced it before too. Press conference, like yeah, he's totally talked about wrestling before. Oh, he's totally into it. Uh, <laughs> He, and I listened to the the podcast today, and he is he gets really amped up talking about his favorite wrestlers and how a lot of the the professional wrestling has helped him kind of mold how he motivates his team. Like they have this, uh, we've heard a lot about Gata, but he has a Gata belt. It's like a, a world wrestling, a professional wrestler's belt it's, that they would wear. It's really cool, actually. For you know who who does the hustle plays? Get after their butts. Sometimes things that don't show up in a stat sheet. And he said it's hard to get that away from uh, Justin Bean. He he often has it the most. Sam Merrill had it quite a few times too, didn't he? Yeah, he said Yoga Brito's had it a lot. Uh, Sam Merrill's had it a few times. Nimi had it has had it a couple times. But but anyway, he uh, he also talked about not only just all that stuff about uh, wrestling and and the Gata belt. Um, but he did talk about how coronavirus is affecting what they would normally be doing in the summer, this time of year, which is normally a really important time for basketball programs. Yeah, uh, this is uh, yeah the coronavirus, and it's affecting its recruiting and such. And so here's Craig Smith with Dave Denton on Turnbuckle Trash uh, and uh, the Turn- Turnbuckle Trash podcast. Definitely a lot different. In a normal year, we'd be on the road today uh, recruiting. And in fact, I woke up this morning and I looked at my calendar and it says evaluation period. So, that, um, you know, I was put in my phone, you know, a long time ago. And, and so it's just different. You just got to make the most of it. I was a small school coach for a long time where we had no budget and we just recruited out at that time of VHS tapes. And so now we have a lot more technology and yeah, but it's different. There's certainly, uh, I don't like it, I, I mean, obviously, um, because, you know, there's so many things we can't do. We can't go on the road and recruit. We can't go and get put FaceTime in. I can't, we can't go and meet, you know, a prospect's mom and dad and sit down in their living room as of right now. Um, and we can't be on the road evaluating. Normally there would be AAU tournaments going on. Normally July, quite frankly, July is, uh, in most years, one of our busiest months, if not the busiest months, because we're just traveling all over the country evaluating um, prospects and you wake up in the morning, you watch a game at 8 a.m. and you don't get back to, you know, the last thing, usually you leave the gym anywhere from 10 or 11 at night. And I'm not complaining. Are you kidding me? Like, I get paid to watch games from 8 a.m. to 11 at night. Like that's pretty straightforward, but yeah. it gets to be a lot that you can get so much done. And, and then on the flip side of it, recruits can't come and visit us. So we can't bring the, the prospect and their families to our campus. They are not, uh, and because, you know, normally we do that, you, you, you wine them and dine them, but the way we do it is just be real. This is who we are. This is what we're about. And they meet our whole coaching staff, and more importantly, they meet all of our players, 
and 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 they see what the community is about. And we have so much to show in Cache Valley. It's an amazing place. And I don't know if you always you certainly see a lot of things, but I think you feel you feel the environment and the atmosphere more than anything. And so it's been a lot more difficult, certainly, a lot of film watching, uh, a ton of phone calls, Zoom calls, those types of things. So it's different, but it's reality, and it's the same for everybody. So it's changed things quite a bit on the recruiting front, and you're right, Dave. It's, um, everything changes by the day. You know, we have a head coach's meeting again on Thursday. We have all these Zoom calls and meetings, and at the end, anyone have any questions? And nobody has any because it could change tomorrow. Like, there's no – so you just you just got to be flexible, versatile, and adjust on the fly. And, and that's what our players have done. That's what our coaches and staff has done. And, and uh, we'll see where this thing takes us. But it seems to change day by day, week by week, hour by hour. That's Craig Smith joining Dave Denton on the Turnbuckle Trash podcast. Uh, thanks to Dave for letting us do some of that content. To uh, hear from Craig Smith, boy, do I miss his voice. Uh, you can, so if you want to hear the yeah. whole interview, he's, he was on with Dave for like 25, almost 30 minutes with this podcast. That's it was awesome. like an hour and a half podcast. They talk about a lot of things, but, uh, there's a story about it on cash Valley daily and the link to that podcast specifically with Craig Smith. And he's the first interview. So they do a few things at the very beginning and then they get right into the Craig Smith thing. So, uh, if you're interested, you can find the links on cashvalleydaily.com. Hey, uh, Speaking, we talked earlier about this. We mentioned his name, Sam Merrill. Man, uh, no surprise here, but for some reason, it was a surprise to others outside of the state of Utah. And it irked a lot of people down south at a school that wears blue and white. But Sam Merrill's going to the NBA Combine. This is a big deal. Uh, he get a, gets a chance to go to the Combine. Only 105 players worldwide are invited to this. Now, it could be whittled down to about 70 when it actually takes place. We don't know yet when it will take place, but it, that's a big deal for Sam Merrill to be invited to go, uh, to participate in this. And uh, it's a chance to showcase his skills, his abilities, to interview with a lot of different teams, and, uh, and, and try to find his way onto an NBA roster. On a lot of different projections out there have him as a second-round guy, uh, but they do have him being selected. A lot of uh, mock drafts out there have Sam Merrill going in the second round. You know, so it's, it's a, it's a, that's exciting. It's a big deal for him. By the way, alongside uh, Sam Merrill, the only other Mount West Conference player to be invited is Malachi, Malachi Flynn. Flynn. The only other player to be invited inside the state of Utah, Yoli Childs. So again, like you said, it is a very big deal. Uh, but I, I'm not surprised he got invited to Chicago. Not at all. I, I, I knew that was coming. He's a good basketball player. He's, he can do a lot of different things. I think he will get drafted. I'm sticking with, uh, I ain't leaving my platform. I really think he can get drafted. Uh, I think he's uh, that good of a ball player. I don't know if he's a first rounder, but he's definitely in probably second, mid second, late second rounder. Uh, if there's one thing that concerns you, I know we talked a little bit about this before, but if there's one thing that concerns you about his game, taking it from the college level to the NBA level, it would be what? Uh, just the speed of the game. Yeah. And being able to, to to keep up with some of the amazing athletes in the NBA. Yeah. I'm but he him. says he's been working on it. Yeah. He's been working uh, hard in yeah, the offseason. No one works harder than uh, Sam downtime and No one works harder than Sam Merrill. Uh, do we want to hit on one more Craig Smith thing at all? Is there anything else Craig Smith-wise you want to hit on? No? Uh, 
Okay, cool. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, I just didn't know if we're... I mean, you have one more bite here, but I don't know if we want to use it or not. No, we, it's long. Yeah, it is long. We can skip it. Okay, sounds good. We covered it already. Sorry, producing on the fly here, folks. I apologize. All right, uh, well, go Aggies. Can't wait to see them back on the court. They should be practicing soon, hopefully. Hopefully, they've got everybody ready to go, and they'll be on the court soon getting practice going and uh, getting ready for the 2020-21 season, which we hope will still be going. Huh. By the way, we heard that this could happen, and they did it a little bit uh, the, in their last game. But Quinn Snyder going with Tony Bradley and Rudy Gobert in the lineup together. To start the second half? To start the second half. Oh, okay. Tony Bradley doesn't look like he belongs, by the way. He just... He has his moments. Yeah, he very few and far between. It's like a comet. He's young. He hasn't had a lot of time in the NBA. He'll get there. You better hope so, because if he doesn't, (laughs) we are seriously in trouble. Going uh, up against some of these teams. Major League Baseball also is serious trouble. We'll discuss that coming up next here the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric France and AJ Salveson, 106 and the fan. Five, 53's your time here. We're seven minutes to the top of the hour. Thanks for joining us, however and wherever you're doing so. Uh, by the way, Bradley and Gobert on the court. Eric, they're playing against a very tall lineup of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, they're, the Nets are going four guards out. So. <laughs> if Bradley can't do this, if he can't handle this, nah, then I don't want him on the court during the restart. Because Zion Williamson will eat his lunch. I think the Jazz will see teams try to do that because Houston did it very effectively against the Jazz. That's true. And then we saw other teams mimicking it, and it took a while for the Jazz to figure that out. Eric, trouble in the MLB confines as uh, Washington Nationals had some positive tests and with that has uh, had to postpone their uh, home opener. Meanwhile, the Yankees uh, had their game against the Philadelphia Phillies at home postponed. Well, it's mostly because of an outbreak among the Miami Marlins. Uh, they uh, oh, I said Washington, didn't? Yeah, I? it's mostly it's the, the Miami Marlins have had a, a an outbreak. Seven players, two coaches tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, it's apparently it spread through their clubhouse. Um, it, the total cases in recent days to at least thirteen in their organization. Yikes. So now you got to go back. Where were they? Which teams did they play? What clubhouse were they in? Um, is it safe for another visiting team to come in there? So uh, Major League Baseball has got a couple of games on hold right now. And there's a, there's a, these are the questions. How would a professional organization deal with an outbreak? And sadly, we're only a few days in. That's the problem. And Major League Baseball already has an issue. That's the problem. Here's Jeff Passan with more. That is horrifying for Major League Baseball that less than a week into the season, there could be an outbreak inside of one of their clubhouses and trying to figure out where to go from here, how to handle that. You know, the operations manual that they have for the league is 113 pages. It does not cover what to do in the extent of a large outbreak. We got a problem. A major problem. And by the way, I believe that there are other leagues, such as college football itself, that's watching what the Major League Baseball decides to do. Right. There is an emergency meeting that's supposed to be held right now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, owners and the commissioner about what to do right now. And some are threatening that baseball might be done. 
Well, see, what the NBA is doing is nice, but a lot of the other leagues aren't going to be operating under Don't that have model. that opportunity. They're watching what Major League Baseball is doing because teams are going to be traveling. Games will be at their home sites. That's so what the NFL, college football, they're going to be following a similar model. So they're watching very closely to see how Major League Baseball deals with it. What is, I mean, we've got about 30 seconds left, but what do you think is the right way to deal with it? Do you just call it and say, you know what, not worth it? I think you isolate those players, that team. If you can still feel the team who's not sick, but there's real questions about the spread, and if you get, you're going to have a negative result, but you can still have it inside of your your system. So I think that the Marlins just have to sit a few games out until they can get more tests. That will do it for tonight. Eric France and LJ Salson, thanks for listening to another edition of Full Court Press. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon with Ethan Durcell of the NFL. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Players complaining to get out of a bad situation isn't anything new. Either they feel they should get paid more, they don't like the coach, or they want to win. You can probably put former Jets safety Jamal Adams down for all three. He's been ripping the coach and the team all offseason. He got what he wanted. The Jets sent him packing to Seattle for two first-round picks. It's never pretty, but criticizing your own team and coach can be effective. In most other lines of work, you get to choose your company, not get drafted by it. Adams is a tremendous player, and there was great hope for him in New York. But he's not leading them to anything promising right now. They have to rebuild and fix years of mismanagement. As for the Seahawks, Adams makes that defense almost as fearsome as its legion of boom heyday. And if you're not a fan of either team, it's a win as well, because now we don't have to read about Adams ripping the Jets every couple of weeks. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.